Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we provide the internet with the life hacks they demand. I'm Matt Heron. I'm Jeff. I'm Louisa Heron. We're doing great. Summer plans, guys. You got plans for the summer? We're in the middle of it now. Oh no, I should have come up with plans earlier. (laughs) I feel like we are at a place as a society now where the best thing you can do with your free time is try to do nothing. Like, just stand perfectly still for eight (laughs) hours. Uh Uh-huh. Or lie in a hammock, which Jeff likes to do. Yep, that's accurate. true. Uh-huh. Is capitalism like a Tyrannosaurus Rex in that way and every other way? Uh, uh, hmm. Well, you do have to move eventually to eat, and that's when capitalism gets you, so I guess uh, so. That's true. Oh, yep, yep. That's when it sees you and it chomps <laughs> you uh, from the middle of you up. Yeah, yep. it's like, ooh, and, eggs are $5 now, woo! It's a ghost also. A- Tyrannosaurus Rex is the only reason they keep making Jurassic Park movies, just like capitalism. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. They I can't believe they keep doing those. I can't believe anyone would go see them. <laughs> it's fucked up that they keep having to be like, we need a more impressive dinosaur this time around. Yeah. <laughs> You're missing the a, point. <laughs> that's a weird axis to escalate on, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Not, like, exploring what society is like now that we can, like, clone living things, but just, no, this dinosaur is every other dinosaur all put together. <laughs> oh, boy, you're not gonna like what I did this week. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, no, Jeff, did you, you, Jeff, did you stop to think you if you should, Jeff? <laughs> uh, no, I have the unlimited path, so I knew that I could, and my thought process ended there. <laughs> so, Jeff, what did you do this week? Uh, I went to go see the 2022 film Jurassic World Dominion. Okay. Was there anything good about it? Uh, Well, Laura Dern and Sam Neill and Jeff Goldblum are back. Um, Uh Are they mad because they already escaped the scenario and here they are again? It's a weird one because, Matt, you mentioned in most of them they do introduce like here's an artisanal scary dinosaur we've (laughs) made a new one it's got sharper teeth and uh radar vision yeah but this time they didn't this time sam neil is the dinosaur oh i love it it couldn't be jeff goldblum because that'd be too close to the fly you yep. needed to be Sam Neill. <laughs> yep. Uh, he, he stumbled- wait, I'm writing this scene, okay, Jeff, no. shut up. Uh-huh. <laughs> he, he stumbles into a lab at being chased mm-hmm. by a velociraptor, and he's like, oh no, no, I, I, I need to survive somehow, and he sees a vial of something green and bubbling, uh-huh. and he snatches it up and drinks it down and becomes a half-stegosaurus man. <laughs> he drinks something green and bubbling and, and uh, instantly dies. Yes. But then, born from his corpse, like a dinosaur egg hatching, uh-huh. is a stegosaurus man. Ooh, yeah, his, good. his corpse gets all, like, calcified, like a, uh, it's a, it's a chrysalis from which the yeah. new dinosaur is born. Yes, I mm-hmm. love this. Yeah. Great, okay. We can submit <laughs> So that's this what happens in J- Jurassic World Domination, or whatever it's <laughs> yeah. called. Uh, so mm-hmm. I... Does it, hold on, questions, yeah. does it mm-hmm. still take place on Ila Nublar, the most cursed island <laughs> in the world? <laughs> no, the, okay. um, the previous one, Fallen Kingdom, uh, was about that island having a volcanic eruption and the ethics mm. of whether or not they should save the dinosaurs, which are all technically endangered species now. Uh, I see. Uh, and mm. then, of course, 
a company wanting to take them so that they could turn them into Middle East soldiers or whatever. Ha! So that movie, the plot was, uh, they did stop to think if they should save the dinosaurs from extinction again, but yeah. it turns out they made the wrong choice. Okay. Uh, yeah, that was the one where famously Jeff Goldblum came back. Really, he's just there in, like, a scene where none of the other characters are that is cut back to every once in a while, where he's testifying at Congress about whether dinosaurs should be Man. put on the endangered species list. If uh, Dr. Ian Malcolm was real, and he, he was a chaos scientist, wasn't that his job? Um, no. it, he would totally have turned into a Jordan Peterson na by now, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely, yes. Although, I mean, like, Especially because his actual job was mathematician the whole okay, time. All right. So, like, yes, having no expertise on dinosaurs or anything except theoretical math, mm -hmm. he would be like, "Here's what I think about politics, though." <laughs> yeah, exactly. and for some reason, anyone would listen to him. <laughs> Consider this, though. In a world where dinosaurs were brought back to life in the early '90s, do you mm -hmm. think Jordan Peterson would just be all about that? I think that that might explain how Jordan Peterson came to be. <laughs> that he's one of the dinosaurs that they made? Yes, he's a dinosaur man. Yeah, I believe it. He only so eats much. meat, right? That's his yep. thing. Yeah, he, he, ate, he, he ate so much only meat that he, got, that he fell into a coma. Yeah. Well, he went to Russia, and it's cold there, and his uh, blood, his uh, reptilian blood couldn't move fast enough, <laughs> so mm -hmm. he did fall into a coma. Yep. Uh, uh, anyway, I enjoyed Jurassic World Dominion, despite the How? fact that uh, <laughs> Falling Kingdom was not particularly good, and the first Jurassic World was, like, a popcorn movie in its best moments. Can I ask I've... if some of the other recent uh, cast members have come back? Bryce Dallas Howard and... Yeah. What's his face? Yeah, we got Chris Pratt and Bryce Chris Dallas Pratt. Howard. Okay. Uh, joined by, I guess, spoilers for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, the uh, little girl clone who they oh, rescued no. at the end of the last movie. What? Uh, so what? It was very clear that their idea for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, the second of the movies, the uh -huh. one right before this, was... It, it's impossible that it was the second of the movies. The second of the Jurassic World movies. Okay. Uh, the fifth overall, I guess. Yes. Uh, it, the prequel trilogy. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh, <Christ. laughs> uh, it's just B.D. Wong in a lab trying to mix some DNA together. I would watch that movie! <laughs> it's just like a very quiet like drama about his life and like d dealing with his uh, moral qualms over what he's doing at work while mm -hmm. having problems at home with his husband. And mm -hmm. then like uh, at the very end of it, he's like, hey, you know, we could maybe do this, use this process to make dinosaurs cut to black. Yes, I love it. Also, can we talk about, well, I guess this would be the second of the prequels, because this is later on, how Nedry was actually right, because he was really mad that he wasn't getting enough money for uh, running the entire island's computer systems. Yep. So that's why he uh, turned uh, traitor to get more money. Um, I do feel like yeah. I do feel spared. They spared no expense except the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. salaries. I feel like he could have unionized before jumping to the point of murdering everyone on the island. But I do support labor, so I guess. I guess. I'm well, he didn't side. intend to murder. He just intended <laughs> to steal the process. I believe. Yeah. Uh, so, do you remember the guy he was going to sell it to, Dodgson? A little bit. Uh, yeah. He became part of that 
meme where Dodgson is replaced by uh, whatever you're trying the to- internet celebrity thinks they are important, even though no one knows who the fuck they are. Exactly. And yes. he says, see, no one cares. Uh, Dodgson is the main villain of the new one. The same okay. guy? Same character, different actor. Ooh, well, I how like could that. you possibly know? Uh, I had to look it up after. I didn't. Yeah, of I, course. I heard the. I was like, Lewis Dodgson. That sounds familiar. I wonder if this guy's a character from the previous movies. He was. Is Jurassic Park one of those movies where one of the kids inexplicably has gymnastics talents? <laughs> no, I thought it was. I thought it was reasonable enough that they have a really hard time getting over that fence at that very crucial moment, and it's high okay. high tension. Like, yeah, I believe that. I remember that the one of the kids has inexplicable Linux hacking talents. Okay, that's fair. Um, I guess yeah. I guess in the second book, one of the kids has inexplicable gymnastics talents, but I don't know that I ever saw the second movie. Oh, what I like uh, most about the first movie is it's a horror movie where you're trying to escape, you know, man yep. versus nature. The, it didn't have to be dinosaurs. It could have been equally scary if it was bears or, like, some other weird Zombies. creatures. They're being chased by tigers that are also super smart. Like, yeah, okay. But the fact that it was dinosaurs was novel, and it worked because it gave you the same type of fear any predator chasing you would give you. Yeah, it's weird that this series morphed into action movies when I would yeah. argue the first one is absolutely not an action movie in any way. <laughs> yeah. There's not, like, no one is riddling the bodies of dinosaurs with bullets from a rifle at any point, <laughs> as far as I remember. Uh, yeah, it's it's a very, I mean, it's the same, like, all of the alien movies after Alien are all action movies. Yeah, that's true. I guess all horror, given enough time, becomes action. Like, like the Resident Evil games changed from horror games into action games. Yeah. Mm, yeah. People have fantasies of, like, just destroying everything. Not having to worry about how to get away from the thing. <laughs> you just want to destroy it. Yeah, I guess, like, extremely measured and drawn-out tension can only take you so far before your the audience is like, just get a gun, fucking murder everyone! Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, it makes, uh, the, it was good that they recast Lewis Dodgson because the actor who played him originally had to go to prison for bad crimes. Oh, okay. Um, he was out of prison by the time they started shooting the movie, but the crimes were pretty bad. Uh, yeah. so in this one... Ironic, really. If you think about it. you think it. about it. <laughs> I, I was I'm supporting you, but I don't about know what you're talking about. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> because of the fact that in the movies he wanted to do crimes, I and see. also he had uh, the guy from Seinfeld do crimes. I understand. I think about that little Barbasol can constantly. <laughs> I that's love that. It's like the one. best product placement of all goddamn time. <laughs> I genuinely, whenever nice. I need shaving cream, I usually buy Barbasol just because of the fucking can. So like, what if it has dino eggs in it? <laughs> it just looks so cool because it reminds me of Jurassic Park. <laughs> um, so it's very clear that the premise of the second Jurassic World was we, uh, we, what if, uh, John Hammond had, like, continued doing stuff in secret. But Richard Attenborough had died in 2014. So they had mentioned <laughs> a new character who was like, I was John Hammond's friend that he never mentioned before. <laughs> Great. And they had, uh, friggin... Who's Zephram Cochran from First Contact? Who's that actor? Cromwell? 
yeah, James Cromwell played him. He was oh, like, ah, God. yes, I was I was John Hammond's silent partner for the original Jurassic Park theme <laughs> we park. We worked together in the flea circus days. Yeah, we worked <laughs> together, and I was just off camera laughing, too, the whole time. <laughs> I was busy taking uh, money to be a corrupt L.A. police officer in the 50s at the time. <laughs> I don't know what movie that is, but I assume it's one. It's L.A. Confidential. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, You're not supposed to tell anyone. Uh, it's pretty obvious from the beginning. <laughs> it's confidential. I mean, yeah, I guess so. <clears throat> if you ever see a movie where James Cromwell is in it and he's not obviously like a fun, bumbling idiot, he's the bad guy. <laughs> he's either got to be a coked up astronaut or a coked up pig farmer. Yeah, <laughs> is that what he was in Baby? He was coked up. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I figured that I'd explains go for a it. lot of what happens in that movie. <laughs> uh, anyway, the premise of that one. So James Cromwell is like, oh, my daughter died, so I cloned her with mm -hmm. the with the Jurassic Park technology. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, for some reason, he's involved again, and they're making, like, artisanal dinosaurs that are going to tear everything mm. up real good. Um, Can I say that seems not very evil? Making special dinosaurs? No, I mean, like, yeah. cloning your dead daughter. No, he's not wanna... evil in that one. Okay, I was gonna say, if he's supposed to be this, like, ultra, ultra evil, and we're like, how dare he? I'm like, I, I don't know. I think that that's not the worst thing you could do. No, it was pretty, it was pretty okay that he did that part. I guess cloning people is Yeah, it's a moral gray area. It seems yeah. like something that would happen on the Twilight Zone, and then at the end he would realize he was the monster the whole time because mm -hmm. he tried so to he do would this. find out that he was the clone. Oh, actually. yeah. Yeah, and he has to live in the department store, so it was mm -hmm. his time of being a person is up. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and I uh, the movie's like basically teasing the whole time like oh in the next one you better believe we're gonna see dino-human hybrids <laughs> we, we don't fuck yes we don't they're not there well Sam Neill is in it you said right <laughs> yeah I'm telling you, it's subtext, but it's there. Yeah, it's I, subtle. I need to read between the lines. Um, so, did this movie have a good plot, or was it basically just a rehash of the first movie? Like, look, all your friends are back. Uh, no, the f the first Jurassic World was a rehash of the first movie. This one was not quite okay. that, no. Uh, it was pure dookie nonsense, like complete, <laughs> completely insane garbage that made no sense. And I didn't mind that. Because the action was pretty good. Oh um, no, you're the problem, Jeff. Well, falling... you're the reason these movies become action franchises. <laughs> the action in Fallen Kingdom sucked. Uh, mm -hmm. I thought the plot... which one was the one where they were they spend almost all of the movie in indestructible glass spheres. <laughs> That's the first Jurassic World. <laughs> Oh man, that was mm. so boring. Why make an action movie where the only characters you care about spend all of their time in indestructible spheres? I don't care, they can't be hurt, you've <laughs> established that. Okay, uh, sorry. No, that's fine. Uh, this one, I think, fixes all of the problems with the previous two, which is that uh, Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard were the most boring characters of all time, with no reason <laughs> to do any of the things they did. So uh, you're saying this movie rehabilitates Chris Pratt's... Uh, public image that's what i'm hearing i'm torn on chris pratt's public image because how can you possibly be torn on <laughs> I get, I, he's a libertarian idiot i get that sense <clears throat> from him but he doesn't actually say anything to indicate that those are his beliefs 
Well, yeah, his I agents mean, are being paid a lot of money to stop him from doing that. Yeah, every time that it comes up, he's always like, oh, I don't know, wink. And, like, you can just see his manager off screen being like, shut up, shut up. Yeah. You have to be Garfield. And you, have, you have to be Mario. You have to shut up. Yep. There was a, there was a, what you call it, an interview recently where someone was straight up like, hey, so what about that, like, bad church that you belong to? And he was like, hmm. I've literally never been there. I don't know why people keep saying that. Hmm. Um, and I'm like... Sounds like someone who went to this bad church would say. Yeah. Uh, and he, like, he explained the tenuous connection. He was like, one guy I go to church with used to go to that church, but here's the church I go to and the address of it. I'm like, ah, this is making me less suspicious, but he still does give me a bad vibe. Yeah, that sounds to me, me being very suspicious, that sounds to me like this is the story they decided he should be telling in public, because this one isn't true, so he should just, like, really lean in on this one and how untrue it is. Mm. I'm, like... I'm waiting for the the <laughs> the sort of three stooges syndrome of like bad opinions to eventually <laughs> <Yeah>. break through. <laughs> yes. uh, All at once. Yeah. I do I mean he did that very horrible thing about like insulting his ex wife and their uh their differently abled child. Mm -hmm. Uh which made me be like, You're a bad person for sure. <laughs> Like, there's no question he's a bad person. That uh, was another one where I'm like, this seems on its face bad, but oh no, could Jeff. plausibly be unintentional. Impossible. I don't think it's impossible. I think he might just- You think he forgot about his other child? No, I think that, like, I don't think that saying, uh, like, thanking your current partner for uh, helping raise your- like, child that lives with you and that partner is necessarily insulting the ex and other child, but like, yeah, not a good look. He definitely yeah. phrased it poorly. I am not sure that he did it to intentionally hurt anyone, but I do agree it's possible that he did. There's a lot, it's I like, think, he's, I think... he's like Schrodinger's <laughs> dumbass. Like, he could I be an that, asshole or not. I think that if he wrote all of that and then like, read it back before hitting send on Instagram or whatever you, you hit, post, um, and didn't consider the feelings of his other child, that makes him a worse person. <laughs> yeah, Fair. I kind of feel that way about, like, John Lennon, who's like, I'm gonna be a great dad now. Forget that I already had a kid. I'm This time, I'm gonna yes. get it right. <laughs> this, exactly this, yes. And I also think John Lennon is an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, he got what he deserved. I also always uh -oh. think about that. <laughs> God, I also think about that one episode of Top Chef they did at um, Chris Pratt and Anna Faris's house back when they were together, mm -hmm. and Chris Pratt spent the whole time being like, "Yeah, this is my wife. Whatever. This is my hunting buddy, though." And they were just him and his hunting buddy were talking the whole time, and like. All they talked about was how they wished all of the meat was game meat because they love hunting so much. And I was like, mm, he's a bad person. <laughs> yeah, I, again, he's got all of the, like, trappings, but I don't know. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. I think it's dropped, my man. I think it's been dropped forever. I think he's always been bad. He's a bad, funny, bad person. <laughs> and 
yeah, even though he's funny. I don't think he's particularly funny. <laughs> he's very funny on Parks and Recreation. Yeah, I, yeah, but that I, shows. I, I have a hard time. That's not hard to do. Mm, that shows I disagree. Very good. Also, <laughs> I have a hard time squaring the fact that he see, he does seem to be like a conservative libertarian asshole with the fact that people who worked with him on Parks and Rec voluntarily have said he ad-libbed some of the very funny lines he said. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't think they would do that because they like him. I think they did that because it was true. One of the other things that gave me pause was, like, his Guardians of the Galaxy cast members, like, castmates, and James Gunn have all been like, he's great to work with and is, like, interpersonally very kind in a <laughs> way where I'm like, is he, like very so low-key a bad person that, like, even other people who are, like, outspokenly have good opinions would say nice things about him? Or is he just, like, he just seems like a bad person, but his opinions that he doesn't say aren't actually bad? I work with people who are nice to me, and I have to work with them. And so I never ask them about their political opinions, even though I'm pretty sure I know that they are bad. Interesting. Yeah, and I feel I like that's the same exact way that people work with Chris Pratt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder. I Anyway, what... we don't really have to worry about him because he's super successful, so... Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> yeah, people we're think he's so an he'll, So he'll come tumbling down sooner or later. <laughs> yeah, I... <laughs> I am uh, I'm very interested to see where his career ends up uh, unlike other super famous people who uh, seem to have good opinions but then can't stop getting drunk and getting in bar fights <laughs> Shia LaBeouf singer Ezra Miller's and whatnot. no oh, no Ezra no Ezra Miller no <laughs> well yeah I uh, then also the kidnapping very bad there too uh, uh, yeah Jeff stop <laughs> Stop trying to. I'm not. To, I wasn't. I was saying like there's. It's like the flip situation mm-hmm. where uh, someone expresses good beliefs, but then in their life does only bad things. Hmm. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. I thought you were trying to say like these people are good people who just keep on getting bad public images. Oh, no, and, absolutely like, not. No, it's just um, <clears throat> I'm I'm waiting to see. I'm waiting for the. Uh, getting drunk and getting in a fist fight in Hawaii for Chris Pratt to happen. Uh, I think he's too rich and and successful for that now. He's reached the event horizon where if he got drunk and punched someone, they would be so excited about it, and then they would just get paid a lot of money to never talk about it. Ooh, what if he's in a reboot of Event Horizon? <laughs> mm-hmm. That would be fun. You never saw Event Horizon. With, with okay. Sam Neill. <laughs> Oh yeah. no! <laughs> uh, Event Horizon is the best movie by Paul W. S. Anderson, the guy who made all the Resident Evil movies, mm-hmm. um, and oh, it's right. not good. Event Horizon is the movie that scared me the most in my childhood of all the movies I've seen. I saw in my childhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had nightmares for months after seeing Event Horizon. Uh, anyway, I, I liked Jurassic World Dominion okay. Uh, the scariest dinosaurs were the ones they, like, they were like, by the way, on this, uh, preserve where we're keeping all the dinosaurs for not sinister reasons, and it's fine. Uh, we've altered some of them genetically to be, like, to not have any gaps filled by other animals. So they're, like, genetically pure dinosaurs. Uh, mm-hmm. and so some of them had feathers, 
they were the scariest ones by a significant margin. That's cool. <laughs> oh, that's I a do cool think way birds to ret- are scary. Yeah, that's true. I, that's a cool way to retcon what we knew about dinosaurs in the 90s versus what we know about dinosaurs now. Yeah, they had to do that in Jurassic World where, like, they had B.D. Wong be like, listen, we know they have feathers, but, like, everybody wants them to look like they did at the original Jurassic Park, so we're gonna make them look <laughs> like they did back then. So we're out there oh, plucking boy. them every day. <laughs> well, the I think the canon explanation is because they had to fill in the gaps with frog DNA. Yeah, uh, that's why they look like big frogs. Yeah, they look like <laughs> yeah. big frogs. They got uh, those crazy tongues. Oh, I forgot Spielberg did want them to have crazy tongues in the first Jurassic Whoa. Park. And the uh, biologists were like, no, don't do this. Please don't he do this. He even had Gene Simmons <laughs> cast as the Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> Which was nicknamed Crazy Tongue on set. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> oh, was, was that his uh, alter ego? <laughs> yeah, that was his, that's his character in Kiss. Starman <laughs> and Catboy and uh, Crazy Tongue. Crazy <laughs> Tongue, yeah. Can we talk? Okay, I had this. I had this realization the other day, and I need to let it out in a public about sphere. the knights in Satan's service. Yes, that's exactly it. Can you believe how fucking square people were in the seventies that these dipshits in clown makeup <laughs> were singing about how much they wish that they could have a party all the time, <laughs> and it's like they must be in Satan's service. What? It's they're so not even sing- they're not even singing about like you know shooting police officers or whatever. They're just singing like every one of their songs is "Hey, wouldn't it be fun to have a party tonight?" <laughs> That's it. That's all they ever sing about. Yeah, it's yeah. Glam rock really uh, hit people a weird way, and I don't know why. It's just like extra stage performance stuff, but somehow people are like this is pure evil. It, it yeah. it's. All of the ire that should have been going to, like, Black Sabbath and Slayer was, like... Uh, Black Sabbath is also much less cool than you think it is. Well, All of their songs are like, oh, yeah, let's have some weed tonight, and then bite off the head of a bat or whatever. They at least sound a little more evil. There's, like, demonic laughing in there. Occasionally. I still think, like, compared to the stuff that people were saying in... You know, the 90s. I mean, even Marilyn Manson, you're like, this is the guy that everyone was like, oh, he's so twisted. <laughs> he's just a dork. I mean, like, he is twisted, love, but, but he in, did a it normal... in a normal. sicko voice. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> did a cover of Tainted Love, but in a sicko voice. Yeah. It's evil. Like, what a nerd. And, like, yes, he is a bad person, but in a normal human way, not in a Satan worshiping way. Yeah. I mean, that's the same thing for Gene Simmons, who's, like, just some kind of. Republican. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I- I'm sure that there are, there are definitely some, like, black metal bands where, th- when I listen to their music, I'm like, oh, this is, this is intentionally satanic. Good for them. Yeah. But, like, none of the ones that people think of when you think of satanic music are even a little bit scary or edgy in any way. <laughs> I wonder if part of it is if you're a panicked uh, suburban parent. If if part of it is that they have become so popular, you've heard of them, then you become super panicked because, of course, all the kids must be listening to them, right? That's I I just I try to run through the scenario in my mind of being a you know extremely puritan suburban housewife worrying about my child listening to Kiss and then hearing any 
10 seconds of any of their songs and not being like, oh, never mind, this is bubblegum bullshit terrible. <laughs> I wonder if they got some of the thing that I get nowadays, now that I'm old, which is like here... Uh, music popular with young people and I'm like this is so bad it's making me angry <laughs> and if they heard kids doing their terrible songs they're like god damn it kids are listening to this I hate this this is evil this is the worst yeah that's why I'm always saying that uh, 100 gex is satan worshippers <laughs> I do think is there a read of you know christianity as a whole where the where satan is just lame <laughs> Instead of being like, you know, cool. No, I honestly, isn't that what the Matrix was about? That Satan is in the mon- mundanity of the details. No, basically, but Hugo Weaving is the coolest character. Oh, in the you're Matrix. right. Mm, doesn't pan out. <laughs> Did you know that they've recast members of Kiss? Okay, successfully. Uh, like the Spaceman and the Catman are no longer Ace Freely and Peter Chris. Yeah, I did know that. I didn't Isn't know it just because they're too old to do it anymore? Well, Gene Simmons is still doing it. Yeah, they're all too old. <laughs> well, yes. Um, Gene Simmons was too old when he was 25 or whatever. Uh, anyway, I think it's mostly just that boomers are homophobic and wearing big silver pants yeah, and makeup I was gonna say, makes you look gay, so... Yeah, yeah the glam thing is... Pro- the like backlash against glam rock especially is probably because of like drag culture, right? Yeah. Well, I think the time of glam rock, which is the late 70s, is tied into disco, so I think there's that. But then you look at the, um, the uh, real assholes of the 80s and hair metal... They got way more into that gender-bending makeup stuff. Yeah. But, but by somehow, that point, the panic had kind of died down, I think. I feel like. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Because I feel like a lot of the hair metal bands became, like, performatively heterosexual. Yeah. <laughs> they, they were they were everything about toxic masculinity, but with eyeshadow and lipstick. Yeah. They yes, were like, exactly. I'm wearing so a they feather were... boa because I love to plow puss. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> like, every one of their videos had to have women in bikinis, not to appeal to people, but to reassure people that the band weren't gay. Yeah. <laughs> despite how incredibly uh, feminized they looked. Yeah. True. <laughs> uh, dumb. Anyway, what'd you do this week, Matt? Uh, so this week, I got the hot new tech item of the year, Ooh. the uh, Steam Deck, right. that has been uh, facing some supply chain issues over the past several months. But um, yeah, I, I had reserved mine back in J- January or February of last year, uh, and it finally came this past week. And guys... It's great. It's everything that you wished that the Switch was, but good. I was going to say, the only uh, talk I've heard about this is people anguish that they haven't been able to get one or that their order hasn't come through yet. Or the other half is people absolutely delighted with theirs that they've got. Yeah, it's incredible. Like, the fact that you have this little handheld thing, but it looks so beautiful. Like, the Switch... I feel like Nintendo has this track record of coming up with innovations and then doing them in a kind of half-assed way that then somebody else can copy much better. Because I like the Switch, I like that you can carry it around and it's like a whole game console that you can either play on your TV or take it with you, but holding the actual Switch sucks. Yeah, I never do that. It's boxy and weird and hard to hold and like, 
the the side controllers are are loose sometimes and like i don't know the way that the screen is just bothers me about a switch i don't know if i can articulate it but it's like just a, a rectangle that's <laughs> okay. there i don't know hmm. anyway <clears throat> um the game deck is beautiful sorry not game deck the steam deck I think Game Deck is a new video game that just came out. But anyway. Are you having any compatibility issues with uh, games, or did you just instantly install Windows? Uh, I haven't done that yet. So my plan is, I've downloaded a bunch of games that I've been meaning to play from Steam that I own already Mm. onto the thing, and I'm playing through them. Once I get bored with that, my next step will be to load uh, a internet browser that will allow me to play game pass games on the the steam deck which apparently is like supported by steam it's not even i'm not even hacking it they're like here are instructions on how to use your microsoft uh, xbox account on the steam deck so that's pretty good yeah, that makes sense yeah. was pretty cool no skin was- off their nose what you use it for i guess I guess so i'm genuinely surprised that they want that cuz i feel like a lot of people would take the easy route of being like well we want people to buy our games through our platform so we're not going to let people play games that they own in other ways on this hardware Hmm. see i think the type of user who likes steam is the type of person who would download so many games and constantly buy games even if they're not going to play them (laughs) from people i've talked to that i think it would be worth it to to them for this yeah i mean i think you're right and i certainly am one of those people and like I'm I'm hoping that I have such a huge backlog of games on Steam that I've never even booted up. Yeah. Um, in part because I have a Humble Bundle subscription, and so they give me eight new games that I've never heard of every month. Some of them are great, and I don't know which ones are good. So, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so I have so many of them that I've never started, and having this thing that I can carry around with me, and it's as good a an experience as playing it on my computer um i i haven't had any you know graphic problems i haven't had any control problems uh mm-hmm. it's really nice it's just nice to have something that just works with so many different games um nice. the other problem with the switch is that th- there's such a limit on what you can play mm-hmm. um because basically anything that's not some, like a first party title or a big AAA development thing is lost in the morass of the eShop mm. where there's just constantly vomited out garbage that you never know. Oh, well, there were 350, you know, indie games released on the eShop today. Are any of them worth playing? Mm-hmm. Will anyone ever be able to tell? No. Mm. Yeah. Um, and that is true on Steam as well. I'm not saying that that's not true, but. Steam has access to so many more games that fit into those first two categories of, like, I know this is good because I heard about it through Polygon or whatever. Like, I know that these games are good because they're developed by developers I've heard of. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, right now I'm playing Tales of Arise on it, and it runs great. It's a great little game. I like the Tales series. Um, but yeah, I was able to download a ton of games that I have pay- played through part of and then stopped. I've been playing a little Rogue Legacy 2 as well, which is good. Um, it's great. If you can get a Steam Deck, I highly recommend it. Cool. 
I probably uh, won't, but it does sound very cool. Yeah, I, I'm I'm so tempted, but I have a, a handheld Windows PC. Um, yeah, yes. And it works decently well, and, you know, form factor's not great, a little heavy. Um, yeah. But, God, I'm so tempted, because my favorite, uh, I like the little touch pads on the Steam Deck, because my... I'm the only person who will ever say this. My favorite video game controller is probably the Steam controller. I really like it. Oh, really? Huh. Hmm. I've never I've never heard anyone say anything good about the Steam controller. Uh, it's really good for first-person games because instead of a right analog stick, it has a adjustable sensitivity trackpad, mm-hmm. uh, which works a lot closer to a mouse or a trackball than a stick does. Yeah. Um, so that's very cool and nice. In addition, um, so much of it is fully customizable, and there's like full sets of like configurations on Steam where people have already set up the controller to like these uh this wheel over here. If you click it in, will bring up like auto uh like bring up a little radial menu of like easy access things for a game that doesn't support controllers at all. And I'm like, that's great. If I want to set it up for stuff like that, that's great. Um, and that that functionality combined with a handheld uh, has me tempted by the Steam Deck, but I, I think I will yeah. wait. <clears throat> I'm surprised at how comfortable the Steam Deck is to hold, because I was worried about that, because it's quite heavy. It's like four pounds or something. Oh. Um, but like... The the way that they've curved the edges fits your hands really easily, and then it's got those, like, paddles on the back right where your fingers fall for extra buttons. Um, it's great. I mean, I I have- there are some problems with it, for sure. Like, it does get quite hot if you play <laughs> uh, for a long time. I mean, it's blasting out hot air from its graphics card yeah, all the time. I but- have that issue as well. Um, but the battery life is incredible. I mean, I played Tales of Arise for like six hours the other day and then looked at the battery and it was still at 75%. I was like, what? Wow. (laughs) How? Nice. Um, so anyway, it's pretty good and it's impossible to get. So sorry, suckers. (laughs) Oh, I'm looking at the, I'm comparing the weights now. I thought the Steam Deck would be much lighter than the Aya Neo. It's actually, Mm -hmm. uh, slightly heavier. They're basically the same weight. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. Isn't it true now that uh, they bought the market has fallen out of mining crypto in such a way that graphics cards are not as expensive as they once were? Like that's coming down. I think in so. theory, yes, but I don't think it's actually happened yet. Okay. Because well, I'm wondering if at some point they're suddenly going to be able to make enough Steam decks to meet demand. I think the issue was always with motherboards, not graphics ah. cards okay. for them. Um, well, you're, because they make everything custom anyway, but like there was a microprocessor shortage for a while. Uh, your Steam Deck, I think, was part of the recent surprise ramp up in production. So yeah, they doubled the amount that they were making per week uh, nice. about a month ago. So hopefully pretty that means that doesn't mean that mine is suddenly shoddy garbage. But so far it's been pretty good. <laughs> it did have a weird software issue where it kept on thinking it was out of battery even when it was fully charged, but people said that if you just let the battery drain all the way while you're playing a game that fixes it and it seems to have fixed it so Mm. that's good yeah i wonder if that's uh yeah maybe they like 
are using a different battery but didn't update the drivers or whatever. I've seen computers get confused about that, but I'm glad that it didn't stay bad. Yeah, I mean, I I think that Steam is, or Valve, I guess I should say, is a company that's actually pretty good about that kind of thing. Um, Like, they will acknowledge, oh, there is a problem with this thing, and here's how you fix it, or, like, we're working on a patch to fix it, as opposed to, you know, Nintendo or Sony, who will be like, there's a problem, maybe... Some people report it, but we aren't sure, and then, like, eight months later, they'll just, without announcement, release a patch that fixes it. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I I like this era we're in now, where, like, I, I think the Switch kind of prefigured it, of, like, mm-hmm. a handheld gaming console that, you know, the Switch is not as powerful as the PS4 or the Xbox One, but everyone was porting Xbox 360 and PS3 games to it, no problem. And yeah. the idea that you could have a handheld Xbox 360 even in 2017 was kind of crazy. Uh, but now people are doing like, yeah, this is a gaming PC that can handle like the newest, most demanding games on at least medium. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not quite like PS5 or uh, Series X con- console level, but it's it's definitely above PS4. It, yeah. it runs better than that. And uh the fact that you can carry it with you and play it and then also plug it into a TV and play it on the big screen is pretty incredible. Yeah. Nice. <sighs> Very tempted because it's just so hard to set up my thingy to do that because it's just some kind of thing made by like a factory in China. Whereas <laughs> yeah. the Steam Deck is like, you know, made by a big company that made a custom OS for it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And the OS is really nice too. It's like very easy to navigate and uh, looks nice. So it's cool. Anyway, Louisa, what did you do this week? This week was the 4th of July, and so for the 4th of July, I watched classic movie I haven't seen in probably 20 years, and that movie is Jaws. Have you all seen Jaws? Yes. Love it. Such a great movie. Uh, The events of the movie happen around the 4th of July in this beach town, so like, it's thematically appropriate to watch it for the 4th of July. Did anyone in the movie have cold, dead eyes like a doll's eyes? <laughs> yes. One, one of them did. <laughs> yeah. Was it Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> I mean, it's funny to see Richard Dreyfus as a young man, and he is young, and the people in the movie keep talking about him as young and, like, not knowing how to do things. And you're like, that's yep. so weird. I've known him he as an old man. He has such big old man energy. <laughs> yeah, he though, does. Even as a young man. <laughs> how old was he in that movie? It's a good question. Oh, he was... <laughs> Young? He's a oceanographer, research shark expert. 1975 minus 1947. 28. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that is yeah. that is young, especially compared to the a positively ancient grizzled old man that is his co-star. <laughs> I don't know which one you're talking about, but yeah, yes. Yeah, there's both two of grizzled old men, I think. <laughs> one of them is not grizzled. One of them is stony-faced, and the other is grizzled. Mm, he smokes a lot. I would say he is leathery. Yeah, exactly. Roy, Roy Scheider is okay. a leathery man. Yeah. Yep. But, oh, that's right, it's Roy Scheider. I was trying to remember who that other actor was. Yeah. Who's the actor that plays the captain? Is he in anything else? He was in a ton of stuff before that. But I believe, unfortunately, he died, I think, quite soon after Jaws was made. 
He was eaten by that shark. Yeah. But he was he was yeah, a Shakespearean actor. The movie. <laughs> yeah. He's he's actually English, which is strange. He does a oh. very New England accent, and I think he does a great job. And I never knew he was English. I never would have guessed that. He sounds like he was, yeah. He sounds like he was pulled from like a village in Maine, yeah. just yeah. to shoot this movie and then sent back immediately. <laughs> but he was a Shakespearean actor, which is very yeah. funny considering the type of man he plays. That's crazy. Now I just want to see a production of King Lear. Where where one of the daughters is a shark. <laughs> anyway, this movie, excellent. Um, it's a horror... I don't know. Would you say it's a horror movie? I think yeah. of it as mm-hmm. one. Yes. Okay. I think it's the horror movie. In the same but it's way... a lot more about tension, like a, uh, like a Hitchcock horror rather than jump scares think, and stuff. I think that that's what true horror is. Yeah. I feel mm-hmm. like yeah. the Splatterfest stuff and the jump scare stuff is like trying to achieve... It's the poor man's version of of the tension that you're talking about. <laughs> this is this is Spielberg's other horror movie. Like we were talking about Jurassic Park, yeah, a horror yeah. movie with a bunch of bad sequels. Jaws is the other one, the original. Yeah, yep. and it also has the, a very good feeling of uh, real life. Um, the type of horror you get in a nightmare, where like you know something's wrong, but people just won't believe you. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. most of what happens in the movie because uh, a few people. Uh, Roy Scheider plays the new. It's important. New uh, police. Mm. Sheriff? I guess he's the sheriff. Yeah, I was trying to think of another word, but I think he's the sheriff of the town. He's just been hired. Constable? So nobody believes him when he's like, we have to shut down the beaches. Like, you can't shut down the beaches. Gendarme? Yeah, there we go. (laughs) He's definitely a gendarme. He is from Paris. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Jaws is perfect. How did you you know? Uh, I was blown away by how good I thought the special mm. effects were. Blown away? Like, if you bit like onto a, an oxygen tank yeah. and then you yeah. just Someone shot, shot me with a handgun? Someone said, smile, you <laughs> son of a bitch, that shot you and you exploded. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. But we, we all know, I think even if you haven't seen the movie, Jaws, you know that Spielberg intended to show the shark more, but the animatronics didn't work out, and he was disappointed in the way the effects came out. I... Don't understand that at all. I think it's perfect as is. You don't want to see that shark too much. The parts you do see are terrifying and extremely realistic. When you see a giant shark swimming right by the boat, it looks completely lifelike and real. I think that directors in the 70s had their brains broken by special (laughs) effects being available for the first time. Because, I mean, it's the same story as what happened with uh, Alien, with Ridley Scott, where he mm-hmm. wanted there to be much more uh, Alien in it. And the only reason that movie is any good is because you never really see the Alien. Yeah. <sighs> I like that in Jaws, we the three characters, the grizzled old ski, sea captain who has uh, experience with sharks, as we find out in a terrifying story... Uh, you, you said the grizzled old skeet captain, and I just have to think for one second about <laughs> Lil John playing the sea captain in a reboot of Jaws. So. Okay, go on, I'm sorry. I'm thinking about Quint jacking off. Oh, <laughs> well, man. <laughs> Jeff, we told you that you had to stop saying that while we were recording. <laughs> oh, yeah. What were, we ta- were we talking about? Something like <laughs> Uh, so yeah, main characters are the captain, the young oceanographer, as we discussed, Richard Drivers, who knows all about sharks and how they're going to do things, but doesn't have the practical experience, so it's hard for him to get respect from anybody, and the police sheriff, who no one in town believes and thinks uh, he's overreacting, and there's no mm-hmm. shark problem. <clears throat> and uh, 
the 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 backstories you get for all of them is so weirdly believable. Like it's not important their families or their lives, but you get enough for it to seem cool and interesting, which is amazing to me. Like that's that's such a good script writing. You get enough to know this young oceanographer. Like he's from a rich family, so he does know how to sail. Yeah. But the captain is like, ah, you rich college boy. So he doesn't trust that he does, but then his skills are necessary for when the ship starts to get into trouble. So it's all very interconnected, very nicely. Yeah, I feel like that, you mentioned Hitchcock before, and I think that it's not an uncommon comparison there. And for Hitchcock, a lot of that stuff is the same, where characters are believable and also not drawn clearly enough that you would like yeah like it leaves a lot to your imagination but once i found out i mean i guess i kind of knew in the back of my head but once i realized that almost all of hitchcock's good movies were based on better books uh-huh. i was like oh he just did oh okay he just found <laughs> books that wrote characters well and then he made movies of them yeah exactly the same is there a book of jaws yeah i know it was based on real life events no, peter okay. benchley's novel jaws was a like minor hit and then he co-wrote the movie. yeah yeah it comes so- together so well yeah that's that's why I don't mm-hmm. credit Steven Spielberg with that at all. Mm-hmm. But, but do you find- think Jurassic Park was a good novel? Yes, <laughs> I did. Uh-huh. I read it before the movie came out, yeah. and I was like, I like this book. I mean, admittedly, I was eleven. Yeah, I was so say, like- you were definitely a little young to be reading <laughs> Jurassic Park. But mm, I think I was exactly, exactly the perfect the right age. <laughs> target audience for that book and every Michael Crichton novel. There's that weird genre where it's like. Something that's not explicitly meant for kids, but mm-hmm. it's definitely something kids are, su- like, should be yeah. getting before they're supposed to and adults have no business reading. Yeah, it's called science fiction. <laughs> <laughs> ah, zing! Got him. <laughs> um, but, uh, you yeah, know, with, with Quint, like you say, you get enough backstory from him to know that he was in the army, he had a terrible experience with sharks, and that informs why he turns into this Captain Ahab-type figure about this one shark they're hunting. Ugh, yep. it all works so well. And they intercut footage that they got from documentary makers of real sharks in such a way that it really does seem like the, this rubber thing and these actual sharks you're seeing are all the same shark. It just, mm. I was so impressed. Like, I don't think you can get that kind of believability. If if I saw that movie and it was made now, I would think some of the scenes are CGI because they're like, oh no, the shark got hooked by this barrel. And then you see a shark swimming by that's hooked to a barrel. And I don't know how they did that because they didn't have CGI at the time. Mm. How did they do that? Amazing. So I was super impressed. They probably just very badly hurt some real life sharks, right? <laughs> they... Uh, they the, did not. <laughs> yeah, they didn't. The producers wanted to train a shark to make the movie, and the every, everyone else was like, "You can't." And reality you can't said, do "That's that. not how sharks." Yeah, work. Uh, and so they made these big waterlogged animatronics that didn't really work. <laughs> um, something that uh, scared me the first time I saw it—I was probably a teenager when I first saw the movie—was. <clears throat> Uh, by the way, nothing I say can be a spoiler. You should still watch the movie anyway. Oh, if you yeah. haven't. It's funny because it's all of the see things, it in context. Yeah. All of the things that could be spoiled about Jaws are the least interesting parts about Jaws. Mm-hmm. 
but there's um, a when they when they when the town does realize there is a shark definitely attacking people, there's a bounty put on it, and then everyone comes and tries to go catch the shark. <clears throat> and our heroes find a ship that is capsized that they know is from one of the fishermen in town, and the oceanographer goes underwater to see what has happened, and he's confronted by the half-corpse of one of the fishermen, and it's a Ooh. terrifying moment. It's a, it's the one jump scare. <clears throat> but it's so corny when I look at it now, knowing <laughs> that it was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is the one rubber it's figure that doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that era of movies, though. Like, it's Jaws and The Exorcist, where the movie was so scary that it drove people insane in the movie theater. <laughs> but then yeah. you watch it now and you're like, hey, this is pretty tense. This is, like, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you don't, like, start having nightmares about sharks every day for a year. Well, the thing I think there is people forget how much, like, uh, group mentality works on you. So if yeah. other people are freaking out in a movie theater, you freak out way harder. Mm, yeah. That's why, like, roller coasters work and everything. As you're going up the hill and someone starts screaming, you're like, oh, fuck, this is gonna be way worse <laughs> oh, no, than we're I thought gonna it was gonna die. be. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I do think it's very funny, the things that scare you when you're young. I know we've talked about this on the show before, but, mm -hmm. like, going back to watch, like, everyone... I think everyone in my generation, I don't know... I don't know how much crossover this has to you guys, but remembers being terrified by the large marge scene in Wee's yeah. big adventure definitely even yes. though it's like sub gumby level claymation <laughs> <laughs> but it is intended to scare it is intended to be a jump scare and when you're yes. a kid that's probably your first exposure to the concept of a jump scare and it's scary yes. <laughs> it's scary as shit he then yeah. did make an entire movie out of out of that just like what if that was a whole movie and it's beetlejuice <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I've never thought of Beetlejuice as a scary movie, even when I was a kid, but some people think it's scary. Yeah, I can see that. I also don't think it's scary, but yeah. I, I think it, it is a comedy with the trappings of a horror movie, like most Tim Burton films. Yeah. Yeah. It's that dark comedy where, like, these people died and they're locked in their house as ghosts and they cannot leave, but, like, that's supposed to be funny. And there's a way that it can be funny, but if you look at it on its surface, you're like, that's pretty fucked up. Yeah. Like, Edward Scissorhands is Frankenstein, but as a sort of twee, twee rom-com. Mm -hmm. Yes. I think I spent my whole life thinking Michael Keaton is a bad actor because he was the worst Batman. But he's incredible in everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I buy it. Like, yeah, I think that Beetlejuice would not be even memorable as a movie if Michael Keaton weren't such a good actor. He pulls off the impossible trick of being the eponymous villain of the movie whose goal is to force wed a child. And you still yes. find him, like, charming and handsome. <laughs> Like, like, I don't know about that. He's a, he's a moldy, gross dirt zombie who wants yes. to marry a child, and people yeah. are yes. still like, hey, Beetlejuice is pretty cool. That's the pretty thing. Cool. I don't know how his charisma works, because he's not, like, the handsomest man who ever lived or anything. No. But, but somehow, 
when you watch Beetlejuice, he's obviously the villain by any measure, and yet when you're watching it, you're like, when's Beetlejuice going to come back? <laughs> yeah. And whatever when's he going to get his own off- cartoon show for kids? <laughs> whenever yes. Beetlejuice is off screen, all the other characters should be asking, where's Beetlejuice? Yeah, but literally, and the audience also. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I think he brought some of that energy to Spider-Man Homecoming, because the only scene I remember in that movie is where he's driving Spider-Man to prom. And he's going, yeah. good oh, old he's so Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, really oh. having it up? Love it. He's great in that one. He is so good. And again, when I watch it, I'm like, you know what? Vulture actually has a lot of good points here. Yeah. <laughs> I actually think he so might you, be the good guy. You should be You're allowed to make you'd... alien guns from trash. <laughs> You'd uh, join a cult started by Michael Keaton, is what you're saying. Maybe. We might have we might have already <clears throat> joined one. Do we know? I <laughs> don't know you're in a cult until you're getting rescued from That's one true. or drinking the poisoned Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'd be wearing more robes on a day-to-day basis if I were in a cult, though. Yeah, it's never too late to start. I've been thinking I, I should robes. get a robe because I live alone, but sometimes I need to answer the door and it would be much easier <laughs> than putting shorts on. Mm-hmm. Makes you think. <laughs> I'm going to join my own cult, a cult of me. Uh, anyway. Yeah, we're, we're running out of hard exit time. Do we want to just forget the premise yeah. of the show? No, we got to do at least a little bit. Yeah. So I just so want to say, in conclusion, everyone should watch Jaws. It's not as scary as you think. It's much more tense than you think, and it is a great time. Please watch Jaws. Thank you. Yeah, one of the best yes. movies What do we do on this show? So, on this show, we go to the WikiHow Suggested Articles page and enter a random word so that we can see a list of articles that people have requested uh, about that word. And today, our random word is sofa. Ooh. Oh, I know how to sofa. Finally a normal one. Do you... Do you all like to take a nap on a sofa? Because I do. Oh, God, yes. It depends very much on the sofa, because Mm. if the sofa is too small... Which is most sofas for me. Yeah. Uh, my feet have to be up on the arm, and that sucks, and I hate that. What about one of those nice L-shaped ones with, like, the little oh, uh, yes. settee attached to it? I love those. Yeah, now that I can get on board with. The other thing is that I need to have some kind of cushion situation such that my head isn't, like, flopped down weirdly, or else I wake up feeling terrible. Yeah. I wanted to get, um, for my home, I actually attempted to get, like, a fo- fold-out sofa bed, because, you know, mm-hmm. it's a studio, and I don't really have room for, like, a sofa and a bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we couldn't fit it in, unfortunately, but I was probably, if I was sleeping by myself, probably most nights gonna sleep with the sofa folded up. <laughs> it it like, is nice to sleep on a sofa. It's like, like a little it. cozy bed. Yeah. It's like a tiny bed for one. <laughs> it's, like, it's like your bed is snuggling you. Someone <laughs> should make a sofa bed, but instead of it folding out... It just rotates 45 degrees so that it's like a taco that you sleep inside. <laughs> I bet that would be great. Oh, I see. The rotating as in, like, towards the like the seat rotating up. Yes, the seat rotates mm. up just a little bit so that you're oh, in I a see. little V-shaped uh, cradle. Yeah, you want, <laughs> you want it to feel like it's going to crush you, but it's not. Yeah, I bet that would be great. Somebody invent that. That's a really good idea I just came up with. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, that's how to sofa. Sleep on a bed. Uh, Sleep on it as a bed, I mean. Yeah. I like the confidence of one of the ones on here, which is how to build a sofa bed. You as a regular person are not going to be able to do this. I'm going to say that right now. Yeah, I feel like like in order to 
even begin considering that. You need to have made a sofa and a bed. Yeah. <laughs> like, so you know the, the components, and then, then, then you need we to can look get at started. both of them, and a light bulb appears above your head. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think you need to spend 10,000 hours making sofas. <laughs> You'll figure it out. Yeah, there are so many moving parts in a sofa bed, and it's important that all of the connections be incredibly sturdy. Ugh, <laughs> and that nervous. they stop moving when they're supposed to. Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> uh, how to, ooh, I like that. How to build a sofa table. Is that like one of the ones where like the back folds down and it's got like cup holders and a little flat surface? I was thinking it was one of those ones where like, in the middle of your big sofa, yeah. there's, like, a part that folds down from the back, oh. and it's got, like, a table on top That's of it. Exactly what I said. See, with cup holders. I was thinking it's when you have a giant living room, and you're in a fancy rich house, and the sofa isn't up against a wall, it's facing the fireplace or whatever, so you have one of those little skinny tables behind the sofa that you can put stuff on. Ooh. Once I realized that I said the same thing that Jeff said, I was really hoping, Louisa, that you were going <laughs> yeah, to <I> was- <laughs> Up to the same thing again. <laughs> what if there was a table that had a beanbag underneath? So then, when you put it down on your sofa, it customized Ooh. itself into the right shape, so you can still put your bowl of chips on top. Mm. Yep, it's got unstable molecules, so it can <laughs> fold itself into your sofa, but also somehow catch on fire without getting damaged. It would be okay if you caught it on fire, as long as you <laughs> were also on fire. Yep, <laughs> Fantastic Four is stupid. Uh. Yep. How to make DIY sofa upholstery. That's most of these, right? Is the implication that the Fantastic Four's uniforms could just dissolve off of them at any moment? Sure, <laughs> like, why not? Isn't that what unstable means? That's uh, what they need! All yeah, of them, think true. about their powers. The uh, Invisible Woman obviously needs it to dissolve off, so does Fire Guy and uh, Mr. Noodles, definitely. Yep. <laughs> but and listen, the Rock Man. Listen to what I'm saying, though. <laughs> Right now, they only ever dissolve off when the Fantastic Four want them to. Oh, okay. I'm saying, if they're unstable, mm-hmm. they could just be like, Dr. Doom, stop doing what you're- oh, fuck, and then all of their clothes just fall off. I like the no, idea- This is a porno, huh? I <laughs> yes. like the idea that that Reed Richards' superhero name would be Mr. Noodles, because then his wife would be Mrs. Noodles, but it would be nude spelled different. Because all her clothes fell off when she turned invisible. Uh-huh. Mm, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I'll allow it. <laughs> Thank you. So, wait, N-U-D-E dash L-E-S? <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah, she was like, oh, it'd be fun to do, like, a little pun. Uh-huh. And Reed was like, okay, sure. Mm-hmm. That's fine. And the court comes in and he's like, I'm nude all the time, too. Can I get it on this? <laughs> uh, God, what, what do you think the thing's packing under there? Nothing. Yeah. Shorts. You think he's just like smooth down there, like a Ken doll made of rock? He's not no, smooth no, anywhere. That's his smooth. tragedy. Jeff, you come think on. He's rocky down there, like a Ken yeah. doll made of rocks. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh. Oh man. Doesn't he have a girlfriend? Yeah, but does he? She's blind, so like so, she doesn't notice how ugly he is. So she doesn't notice if he has a dick or not. <laughs> Oh yeah, mm, maybe it's just she would notice. Maybe he's just really good at eating pussy. I mean, maybe, but you know, I it was the, it. it was the fifties or whatever. They couldn't have sex until they're married anyway. He's <laughs> playing the long been, con. I haven't invented eating pussy yet. 
Is I'm there saying a- he's saying, oh yeah, I totally have a dick. Don't even worry about it. You'll find out after we're married. We need to have a long engagement, though. Oh, you're gonna feel so stupid for filibustering me for so long after you hear that I was about to say it's slobbering time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Oh, we have to stop. We have to stop doing this show. Ah, end of the show. No, no outro. It just ends right there on its sovereign time. Oh God, it's so bad. Oh. Oh, I love this one. How to protect a white leather sofa from kids? You can't. Like Don't you have, have to make a choice in your house. life between your Impossible. kids and this sofa. Yeah. I mean, like, honestly, though, I often think about how many of my friends are like, I wish I could have nice furniture. Why can't I have nice furniture? And my answer is because you have so many cats. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can't. You have to make a decision. Are you going to have cats or are you going to have nice furniture? You can't have both. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Uh, or you could just have, like, furniture that cats and kids don't want to mess up. Like, why tempt fate by having a white leather couch when you have children? Well... Yeah, that's the same thing, isn't it? I mean, you yeah, can this have... person wants this unreasonable thing. They want yeah. to have a really nice sofa and kids. You can. You can have a nice sofa. You just can't have a nice white leather sofa. Yeah. I don't think that kids or cats ever see something nice and don't think, how do I ruin this? I just think that there are ways to design around having uh, destructive little gremlins in your home. Mm-hmm. It's called locks. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you have them one so many locks nice. That they get sleepy. <laughs> yeah, kids and the cats both love uh, cured <laughs> salmon. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> um. No, I think you have one room in your house. It's all white leather, and then yeah, locks on the doors. Oh, you put a lock That's on the door. That's just an insane asylum, Louisa. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? That's just an insane asylum. Yeah, that's your dream. That's your special room. <laughs> you tell your house sitter Rowan Atkinson you cannot go into that room with all of the white leather sofas, even if a yep. bee gets in there. <laughs> yep. That's right. Uh, now that show would have been much better if it had ended with Rowan Atkinson in an insane asylum. <laughs> How do we know it doesn't? Have any of us seen all of it? I, I saw haven't. it. Yes, I've Damn seen it. all of Damn. it. It's bad. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's very clearly a like direct to TV hour and a half long movie that they decided to make a nine episode miniseries. It's shocking that the end of it the the end is a gag about how the rivalry with the bee is still going to continue. Oh no, they're hoping for a sequel. <laughs> I don't even know if they're hoping for a sequel, but they don't the only thing that matters about it is the bee and man are verses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the whole of it, and they don't resolve that one conflict in an hour and a half. I still maintain that it would have been a hell of a Mr. Bean movie, but that as it stands, it's just kind of a bad regular movie. Having watched it now, I, I hear that theory, but I think that what actually happened isn't a rights thing, it's that... They wanted it to be a Mr. Bean movie and then realized that for the plot to make any sense or work at all, the character needed to have a family. <laughs> mm, I, and they were like, well, no one will ever believe Mr. Bean fucked. Yeah. I don't think that- <laughs> And he a, talks a lot, right? This this guy? Trevor, not I a lot, but okay. more than a bean would. Oh, okay. 
I think that they could have gotten away with like all of the scenes where he talks could could just be cut and he could just be <laughs> Mr. Bean. But then there's literally nothing about him that makes you want him to win. Yeah, you don't want Mr. You don't <laughs> want him to win already and you never want Mr. Bean to win. That's true. I only want him to win because it seems like his child seems like a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, I don't think it was a, a rights issue. I think Rowan Atkinson just stubbornly re- retired from being Mr. Bean and uh, won't do it, even though he'll only make the same type of Mr. Bean garbage over and over. Yeah, that makes sense. I do think it's very funny how much effort they put into making the villains somehow more unlikable than Rowan Atkinson. <laughs> <laughs> they had to work so hard. And even then you're like, I don't hate them that much. Is there a villain besides the bee? Is that what you're saying? Is that what you're telling yes. me? The rich people who own the home that he ruins. Oh yes. boy. I think well, now you have to watch this movie. I think everybody I do, I do, yeah. Everybody Seriously. should have been locked in the home and it should have been lit on fire. Be bean rich people. <laughs> bean versus the purge. <laughs> he accidentally, through a series of mishaps, gets locked into a rich people's house when the purge is ready to set them on fire. I love this. <laughs> I super want uh the like the world of public domain to to bring us Bean, Bean in the Purge. Yes. Yeah. Bean versus Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> Is Winnie the Pooh involved? And can he be if not? <laughs> yes. Yeah, Mr. Bean meets Winnie the Pooh. Mm, no, that's not exciting. That's too burning. Batman versus Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> Is Batman in the public domain now? <laughs> that I like. He would be, if all not right. for Disney doing all that stuff. True. Yeah. Anyway, uh, is the show over? Yeah, probably. Um, Almost all of these are how to fix your sofa or how to make a new cover for your sofa. Uh, Just get a new sofa. Yeah. Yeah. It's never going to be good. It's always going to be filled with farts. Come on. You you will always know that that damage is there, even if you fix it perfectly. You can can get a cover on Amazon that that is, like, stretchy and will stretch to fit your sofa. And if it's up against a wall, you can just, like, have it you know, cinched up with one of those and oh, it'll look fine. That's so awful. <laughs> uh, I, I have such horrible, vivid memories when I was a kid of going over to friends' houses and sitting on their couch and, like, the cover bunching up under you mm-hmm. while you're sitting on it. <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't horrible. know that it would work very well for a sofa, but for my, my chair that only has one cushion so it can't really bunch up, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, here's the thing. The answer to all of this is you have to choose whether you want nice things or functional things. Mm -hmm. And then whichever one you choose, forget about the other one and you'll be just fine. No, I want (laughs) The thing is, you you can have both if you are willing to spend a huge amount of money. Mm -hmm. Or be extremely good at making or fixing things. Mm -hmm. But these people aren't. (laughs) It's true. Is there like a WikiHow but real? Can we like? I think that's what this show is. WikiHow, but like it actually tells you how to do anything. Yeah, that's us. We that's what we are. That's true. Uh, we've never taught anyone anything. I I feel like we did once. What was it? We need to go back and delete that episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening to the show. If you liked it, please rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice. And please tell your friends about the show so we can continue to grow. Um, If you tell your friends about the show and they say they don't like it, 
get specific feedback and we'll change. I thought you were going to say get new friends. And or get I new friends. <laughs> Either way, you know, mm-hmm. we're willing to do whatever it takes, if you know what I mean. Yeah, who knows what that could mean? That's a real yeah. open-ended statement. Mm-hmm. Is it a threat? Yes. <laughs> Is it an offer? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is it a promise? Absolutely. <laughs> um, can we make a t-shirt that says those three things on it? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of t-shirts, hey Louisa. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, if folks would like to see t-shirts that I personally have made, you can go to the dire mushrump at threadless.com. And uh, if we ever come up with a really great idea for a t-shirt from the show, I will definitely put it in there. Yeah. Have you considered making a, oh my god, Captain Transylvania shirt? Uh, I would need to think of more. The trouble with him is, the way we've talked about him... We've made it so that it's impossible to draw him. Yeah, he's I don't an unknowable be, horror. I don't think he should be rendered by human hands in two dimensions. <laughs> yep. But if we came up with a concept around him, definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got to have a logo, right? Like the thing that's emblazoned on his chest. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's sort of like a like a profile of a of a pure diamond, um, mm-hmm. and it's got a big kind of swoopy swoopy S on it. Oh, okay, what? I like this. <laughs> yeah. It's the S in Transylvania. Oh, okay. Mm. That's what Uh, it is in the Transylvanian language. Yeah, S means hope in Transylvania. (laughs) On his hope planet of Transylvania. (laughs) (sighs) All right, well, uh, so if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter at HackTheNetPod, or you can join our Discord to talk to us by getting an invite. You just have to message us on Mastodon. At MattHeron at Mastodon.online is my one. Uh, I'm also online. Weaponizedlanguage.com is where you can find information about me, up to and including a list of podcasts that I've made. And you can talk to me on Mastodon at Louisa at Mastodon.xyz. All right. Thanks, everyone. Please come back next week. In the meantime, don't forget that if it's not Matt, it's not worth it. Uh, I don't know if other people are going to be into it. I'm the best around. (laughs) 